NBA Strayer, how are you going? Hey, yeah, man, it is Friday, 2GIF, am I right? February 18, knockoff days. Fuck it Friday, I love a good fuck it Friday. It's real fuck it Friday this week as well, because uh, all-star break. We're basically here, let's do it. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements, I'm a writer sometimes, and I'm here in Larry Armour Studios hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season, while ripping Strayer a bit, that's what we do here, we don't take things too seriously either. Happy Michael Jordan birthday to everybody. How did you celebrate your MJ birthday? Did you wear your 23? Can you? You can't even get 23. Anyway, uh, we've, today we've got, what, five games on at the moment, the final five games before the All-Star break. We're going to do our... Uh, everyone's talking about MVPs, so we're just going to set the record stay, straight and say, it's Patty Mills, everybody else is second, fuck off. Uh, but we'll also have our five in there. We've got the All-Star weekend preview. We're going to talk about all of the activities for All-Star and uh, pick our winners, etc. Uh, there's That's Not a Knife, All Mate, No Mate, Spud of the Night, Better Than Lonzo, Ball, Dickhead of the Week, there's the Anaz, there's the Unpopular Opinion of the Day, and there's our Back Take House, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian Player Watch, and I believe we've got an extra bonus Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shoot Your Shot Light em Up Award winners. That's right, plural today. That'll be fun. And uh, that'll be it. We'll finish up with the Cooking with Bainsy. We'll do all the All-Star Weekend preview stuff. And then I'm going to fang down the beach. <laughs> so let's do it. This is uh, episode 760 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shack attack. Oh, you better. Oh, geez. Uh, better watch out for the shack attack if you Chuck or Kenny or any MVP chat. As you may have seen today, it just devolves into everybody talking over the top of each other and it's ridiculous. Uh, it's like, hey, who's he playing for? What are you doing? Uh, Shaq basically just let rip at Kenny, at Charles. You said it's the best player in the world. Chuck, what are you doing? It's like, Chuck's just like, nah, look, it's the MVP. Shut up. That was a pretty good back and forth. I'll just uh, leave it there. Uh, but right, let's get into today's show, the way we start every show. It is going to be fun that uh, TNT have the All-Star and uh, Shaq will be doing stuff. It's going to be good. Either way, we'll start today's show the way we start every show with the daily... Whipper and Anthony Davis, mid-foot sprain, out four weeks. It is Anthony Davis, though, so let's err on the so- side of caution and say it's uh, two months. <laughs> oh, Now, that looked bad. So you'll take the uh, mid-foot sprain and you'll take the four weeks every day over a uh, you know dislocated ankle, broken femur, fucking whatever else it looked like. Jesus. So uh, four weeks actually doesn't feel too bad for AD. So you figure... Through the All-Star break, about a month later, we're hitting, you know, mid to late March, couple of weeks ramp up. Maybe the Lakers are still in the play-in tournament sort of area. Maybe. No guarantees. And uh, gives them a bit of a uh, runway into the end of the season. Tibbs! Oh, geez, here we go. It's all happening. Will he survive the All-Star break? Let's find out. Uh, Woj was reporting there's some questions on the alignment of the directions uh, of the Knicks front of us. And their coach. Oh, that's always good, isn't it? (laughs) Ah, there's questions about the direction of our alignment. Are we aligned? What direction is our alignment in? 
Uh, the alignment of our direction. Is that the right direction that we're going in? Who knows? All I know is the tips is going to get shit-canned in the soft season. Um, it's pretty interesting because it does feel like, you know, with the Randall uh, extension and the contracts they brought in, you know, bringing in Fournier on a shit ton of money without ever seemingly having actually watched Evan Fournier play basketball before, uh, it was pretty fascinating. Kemba Walker, oh, he can solve it. It's like, have you watched him play, though? Are you just picking numbers off a spreadsheet, Leon Rose? What is happening? And uh, you've also got these vibes where, obviously, the Knicks trade for Cam Reddish. They spend a first rounder to go get him, and Tibbs is just out there just dropping DMPs on Cam. It's like, he's not that bad. Jesus, you can play him at least, Tibbs. It's not like you got other prospects battering down your door. Anyway, so just keep an eye on that. CP3 is off getting an MRI on his thumb. He jammed it pretty badly yesterday. Hopefully he's all right, the old uh, Chris Paul. Uh, because that's the last thing the Suns need is, like, you know, any sort of injury worries. They are absolutely steamrolling ahead. Uh, so hopefully CP3 is all right. Oh, I don't know. You'd take All-Star Weekend off, wouldn't you? Oh, my thumbs are a bit banged up, man. <laughs> all right. Better get Jalen Brown on a plane. Uh, speaking of Jalen Brown, his buddy, Jason Tatum, uh, was on JJ Reddick's uh, video stuff, uh, obviously for his podcast, etc. $30 million bucks having a bit of a whinge about how he didn't make All-NBA. I always like those sorts of ones because it's like, yes, it's shithouse that uh, the CBA has like these weird things with rookie extensions, like being the mega extension if you make All-NBA, if you make MVP, etc. The fact that it's sort of going on like All-Star and All-NBA performances, which are voted on by folks, just does feel a bit fucky. You know, and it's kind of like these ones. And Jason Tatum sort of lays it out pretty nicely about how, you know, there's like people complaining about how I didn't like his shot selection, so I couldn't put him on my ballot. It's like, well, I don't know. Take better shots, Jason, and then don't whinge about it. But yeah, to cost him 30 million bucks is pretty weird. My point has always sort of been like, either play better and don't fucking whinge about it or change the rules, you know? The fact that there's no criteria for all NBA, the fact that it's like, still positionally based, which is fucking crazy to me. It's like the All-NBA team's like, all right, how about we just go via, we either go the whole hog, and it's like, well, this is the best point guy. This is the best shooting guy. These are the best ones. Or you just go positionless across the top 15 for All-NBA. What are you doing? Anyway, it's a bit silly. Right, that was kind of it. Very quiet day. Everybody's sort of traveling around. Start of the All-Star break if you weren't playing today, so... Let's get into the game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Miami and Charlotte played an absolute belter. Double overtime, 111-107. The coolest part about this at the start was that Caleb and Cody Martin both play for Miami and Charlotte, right? They were both out today with left Achilles soreness. Isn't that that weird twinning like shit? Like the weird twin kismity kind of vibes? Oh, my left Achilles is sore. Holy shit, so is Cody's. <laughs> and they both had to sit out. Anyway, this was a crazy awesome game. Like, the Heat got up early. And then the Hornets were massive in the second quarter. Kelly Oubre hit, like, four threes or whatever. Uh, they dropped, like, tw- it was, like, 24 to 10 in the second quarter. It was crazy. Hornets led by seven in the uh, at halftime. They were still up seven after three because they just sort of went bucket for bucket. Trez was doing some damage, though. For Charlotte, Montrez. Then he went ham in the fourth quarter. Put him up 14. You're like, oh, here we go. They've uh, finally locked away their first home win in seven games. Nope. The Heat, you know they're going to fight back, and they did. They kept them quiet in that third quarter without letting him sort of run rag, 
uh, run ragged over the top of them. Still down 11, though, in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. And then, ever so slowly, they just snuck into it, didn't they? Oh, Duncan Robinson mashing in some threes. Bam! Out of bio doing some stuff. They get the lead on some Butts free throws. But Montrez Harrell gets a massive dunk to tie back up. Butts misses the game winner. We go to overtime. Absolute chaos in the first overtime. A, uh, Kyle Lowry 2 is called a 3 and has never changed. So if you're a Hornets fan, you're probably fucking salty. It shouldn't have gone to overtime. We should have an extra point. But at the same time, Montrez Harrell did also miss a free throw at the end that would have won the game. He's fouled by PJ Hamilton. Oh, uh, no. He was feed, uh, fouled by PJ Tucker. We've got a lot of PJs in this game. Um, but it was gnarly. Trez misses the second free throw. Double overtime we go. And Jimmy Butler hits like the biggest shot of the game. I think he would... He basically well, he hit the last two biggest shots essentially for the Heat. He was, uh, I think, 3 of 22 and smashes in back-to-back contested jumpers, uh, one of which was a 3. He, he was 0 of 7 on triples before that 3 that was basically the sealer. And just the stones on that man are oh, fucking huge. And he laughed about it after. He's like, yeah, it's playing like shit. How did that go in? <laughs> It's like Jimmy Butler rules. Anyway, so for the Hornets, just a really rough shooting day. Lamelo he goes for 14, 10, and 14. But it took him 5 of 15 shooting and 1 of 9 from downtown with 5 turnovers to get there. Uh, pretty rough triple-double, that one. But look, he got there. 29 and 11 for Miles Bridges. Not bad. 15 and 14 for PJ Hamilton, Washington. Big day for the PJs. Uh, Terry Rousey had a real rough one. A real rough one because uh, two of nine, one of five from downtown for his five points, Terry Rose. Can you say one, two, three, Cancun for Terry Rose? He's like, man, I'm already in the Bahamas. This fucking sucks. Uh, Montrez had 24 and eight, getting the uh, I'm on a new team. How good am I? Montrez, Montrez Harold bump. I love the Trez bump. 24 and eight. He's going to just get slowly, slowly further and further away from that until he's like, actually, this place sucks. I want to go somewhere else in about eight weeks' time. Uh, Kelly Oubre had a hot start and uh, did not keep it up. Ended up only four of 12 from downtown for his five of 15. And uh, look, it's the uh, classic. It's the Kelly Oubre giveth, Kelly Oubre taketh away. If you're relying on Kelly Oubre, then you're... Team's fucked, essentially, at that point. Anyway, uh, but Kelly Oubre ends up with the 15 points on his 15 shots. Uh, for the Heat, Big Buddha Carl Lowry was awesome. He was amazing in that turn, in that first OT anyway because he hit a massive three after he uh, hits that long, 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 long two. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah, PJ gets a layup. because another turnover from Lowry. Trez gets that uh, foul, and away we go. We go to overtime, but the only reason Miami... Was still up was because of Kyle Lowry. He was incredible. But as mentioned, five of twenty-four shooting. But god damn, the stones on him to get there in the end. Fifteen, ten, and eight for him in the end. Fifteen and ten actually for PJ Tucker. I mentioned it was a big day for the PJs. Fifteen and fourteen, fifteen and ten for PJs. Bam! At fifteen, thirteen, and five, he. It's fascinating to watch him play defense because he just covers so much space, uh, does so much, and like they sort of try to switch him out. And then sort of try to like just walk or work their way around him. And Charlotte did a pretty good job of it early, but yeah, couldn't quite hold on. Anyway, uh, Duncan Robinson though needed that six at thirteen from downtown. The bench actually went zero of eleven from downtown, uh, so they needed all six of those from Duncan Robinson, who became the quickest bloke to seven hundred threes ever, which is pretty gnarly. Either way, so Charlotte lose that one in double overtime, real rough one because I think they've now lost seven straight at home. And they're now 29 and 31. They've lost, I think, nine of their last 10 games. 
Yeesh! Charlotte, what is going on, mate? That is rough as guts. And uh, Miami, meanwhile, 38-21, and 21, going into the NBA All-Star break. Oh, that's right, bro. At the top of the East. You'll love to see it. Washington beat the Nets 117-103. The Nets were feeling good. They're up five after a Jemmy on Carter three early. And uh, it's like, holy shit, they're going to run out the half. And then they did not. They didn't score again for the last three and a half minutes of the first half. It was hilarious. Washington scored like nine straight. So suddenly Brooklyn were up five and then down four. Just going, God damn it. Like Seth uh, Curry just couldn't buy a bucket. Patty Mills is awesome in the first half, but just nothing else. And then the Wiz came out firing in the second half. The Nets scored four points in the first six minutes of the third quarter. Like, Curry hit a three at that point. It was back down to the nine-point deficit, but then they just got obliterated. They got obliterated in the fourth quarter by the Wiz, who dropped 39 on them. Like, it was kind of close, and then it just wasn't. It was crazy. Like, Patty hit a shot. It's a nine-point deficit, five and a half minutes left. Then, bang, Cam Tonis gets a three. It's a seven-point game, five minutes left. Even with two and a half minutes left, it's still only six points. And then the Nets just scored three points the rest of the game. Wild. (laughs) Washington uh, scored like 11. So that's how you lose. Ishmith, Danny, Rui, Hachimura dropped the three. Then he had a massive dunk sealer. And uh, yeah, so the Nets only scoring, like literally missing every shot apart from free throws uh, down the stretch. Doesn't help you win games. And they didn't. So Brooklyn couldn't steal another one uh, without all their stars. So Patty goes for 22, 5-7 from deep. 20 for Cam Thomas. He's crushing it, the rookie. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had 16-4, and four, but just not very much else. Like 12-4-4 and four for Seth Curry. 3-6 uh, from downtown. Jevion Carter had 14, but yeah, tough scenes. The Wiz, it was a lot to do with the bench. Uh, obviously, without Brad Beal and... Kuzma having a really quiet game. Rui at 20, 15 and 6 ish Smith. Denny Avdijar with a 13 and 8. Anthony Gill chucked in 12. And then a couple of the starters. Yeah, Thomas Not Kobe Bryant and Rahul and Neto having 12s. Corey Kispert was really good too. He went 4 or 6 from deep. Uh, Kuzma, meanwhile, 5.7 rebounds, three, uh, 5 assists. He shot 2 of 7 in 30 minutes. Basically, too busy thinking about the wardrobe, I guess, when he crashes All Star. Uh, which I'm going to love because, you know, they're going to show it. It's like, ah, Carl Kuzma's here. It's like, what was what all-star thing is he in? Ah, oh. did, did Carl Kuzma buy a ticket? <laughs> He's sitting in like row eight <laughs> in the middle of everybody. Anyway, the Nets uh, end up now 38, uh, 31-28 heading into the all-star break. Washington, 27-31. Dallas handled the Pelicans, 125-118. The Mavs jumped them early, up 21 early in the second. They just sort of rode it out from there. Like The Pelicans got it down from 24 in the fourth quarter all the way down to, I think, four. But the Mavs, look, held them off. It's just too far to come back from, really. Uh, unless you're the Knicks and you're playing the Nets. Yesterday, uh, <laughs> the craziest thing was, Luca had 49. He was absolutely out of his mind. Cost himself a uh, fitty burger by missing some free throws late as well. Uh, but they just held him off. No hassles in the end. Uh, the Pelican, well, I mean, it was a bit of a hassle. It's very Mavsy to get up 24 and then just shit the bed in just epic fashion and just go, nah, well, this game's finished. It's like, well, no, there's still another 10 minutes, you know. Uh, CJ goes for 38 for the Pels, enjoying his new digs, 7 to 10 from downtown. Spindles, though, not enjoying having CJ on his team, just can't get into a shooting rhythm at the moment. He'd been playing awesome. They trade for CJ and then Spindles goes off the boil. It's always the way with Spindles Ingram as well. 
It's like, as long as everything's perfect and running through me, I'm okay. You throw in anybody else, <laughs> I'm fucked. 6 of 21, 0 of 4 from downtown, 12 points, 8 assists. My name is Jonas Valanciunas, goes for 16 and 18. 18 and 6 for Jackson. I just got arrested. Hayes, Herb, Herb, 9, 6 and 3. Devontae Graham off the bench, uh, 12 points as well. The Mavs, though, they went 19 of 40 from downtown. 8 turnovers only, or 8 turnovers to 13. Not bloody bad. Luca, 49 points. 49! Not bad for the Slovenian. 15 rebounds, 8 assists. He had 20, what, 3 from Brunson as well. He had 3 or 4 from downtown. 14 for Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, enjoyed a bunch of this. And, because uh, what? Mark Shaklieba, hello, had 20. He went 3 or 5 from downtown. Spencer Dinwiddie played 31 minutes. Uh, gave him a very Spencer Dinwiddie-ish. 8 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist on 3 of 5 shooting. Thanks for coming. Uh, New Orleans dropped to 23 and 36. Dallas up to 35 and 24. Feeling good. Looking good going into the All-Star break. They uh, had to appreciate that because, I mean, Dallas, they just popped the Pals. They just beat the Heat. And I think they've won, what, six of their last seven. So you'll take that. And uh, Luca is crushing it. Philly hung on to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It was not Algonquin for the good land today for the Milwaukee Bucks. 123-120. The Sixers hold on. Chris Middleton misses all five threes that he takes in the fourth quarter. Couple of crucial ones as well. There's like a five point swing one as well, where he misses a three pretty badly, and uh, I think then they would have been up. They were up one at that point as well. Drew Holiday had gotten them the lead, and uh, Middleton misses a three. Philly go back the other way, score, retake the lead. And you're like, oh god, <laughs> you were you were literally just up four, and now you're down one. What the hell just happened? Anyway, tough one. Uh, back and forth all game though. Like you saw, surges like approximate value to the Bucks. You saw the way the Sixers can sort of counter the size of teams like the Bucks and stuff. And, uh, look, it was pretty cool. Like, Niang was really good for the Sixers. Um, but the Bucks, like, this is kind of the thing. There was such a fluidity to some of their games. And every time they play against Philly, it's like, oh, God. So we're going to throw, like, Bobby Portis at him. We've got to throw Serge Ibaka at him. We could really use a Brook Lopez. You know, just that real big body. And it was kind of tough. And Embiid was just dominant. Incredible. Every time they needed him to do something... He was there. Like, every time they needed him, he was there. He smashed it. He'd draw fouls. He'd score a bucket. Didn't matter. Uh, Maxi was really handy down the stretch as well. Tobias, Corkmaz, doing everything. And uh, the Bucks just, weirdly enough, like, they're shorthanded, though. Like, it shows. Like, yeah, look, to break it all down, like, Giannis was really good. He had 32, 11, and 9. Shot 13 and 23. Bloody good. Middleton, 19 points. He did shoot 6 of 20, including all those missed threes. He went 2 of 12 from downtown. Yeesh! Yeesh. Drew Holiday had 24. Bobby Porter's fighting. Bobby Porter's fighting. Round the world goes 1 of 7 on his triples, but still had 17, 7, and 3. But that was it. Like 2 of 8 for Serge Barker. Where's Matthews? It went 1 of 3 from downtown in 20 minutes. 10 total points off the bench. Uh, Corkmaz had more than that by himself. And so Philly's bench lay outplay your bench. Yikes. Bit of a rough one. So the Sixers, Embiid was insane. 42, 14, and 5 for him. Incredible game. Shot 14 to 21. Like, it was just immense. It was incredible. Even bit on a uh, Giannis, like, pump fake from three. And bit pretty hard. Was jumping. Nearly landed on the guy. Lands. Giannis has run around, gotten the ball back. And uh, Embiid was still there to contest it. It was awesome. He did everything. Uh, 19, 8, and 4 for Tobias Harris. Came on 9 of 20 shooting. So, anytime you get 19 points from Tobias Harris on 20 shots, 
Oh, mate, better pay him the max. Maxie at 19 points. He shot 4 of 13, but at least he got to the fucking line. 10 of 10. 18 and 6 and 5 of 10 from downtown for George Niang, a.k.a. Joe Ingles' best mate. And fucking Furkan Korkmaz, 13 off the bench, 3 of 4 from downtown for him. Good to see Shake Milton do a little bit of something, something as well. And uh, that leaves Milwaukee, 36 and 24, up against the Philadelphia 76ers who are right there, right there, now in front of them in the East, 35 and 23, plays 36 and 24. Unbelievable scenes. What a game it was. And then the uh, final game of today, Houston Clippers. It's halfway done. I'm recording this show a little bit earlier today because I've got to go down the beach. So the Clips are up 71-59 at the half. What do you reckon? Is my pick of uh, Houston plus 10.5 going to pay off? No, I ended up switching it at the end of the last show, didn't I? So Clippers minus 9.5. We might be all right. Uh, but Christian Wood's already gone out for the uh, for the Rockets, so that's not great news there. Uh, but look, in terms of the picks and everything, we will just update the picks and everything on Monday with that game included. But it's Clippers Houston. Like, seriously, come on. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, in terms of the actual game so far, just so I don't have to actually, you know, wrap up the entire thing, it was pretty gnarly to watch the start of this because Christian Wood was going all right. He had the 11-4. and Jason Tate's playing out of his skin. He's got 13-3-2 already. Uh, but Reggie Jackson and Mook Morris were there backing up the Duckman, Luke Kennard. All he did in the first half was smash in threes. It was fucking sick. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, Gary Bird doing some stuff as well. Uh, enjoy some Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews. He had eight points. But anyway, uh, so the Clippers 71, Houston 59. We'll see how that goes. We'll finish that up in the uh, in the picks column next week. Yeah, sound good. So let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> Nice. That's a nice. Oh, we got two obvious ones. Embiid, 42, 14, and 5. He was absolutely immense. Beats one of the uh, contenders in the East. And the coolest part is, and I sort of like alluded to this, like Milwaukee and Philly are right there. And Milwaukee are like basically the walking wounded. You know, they've traded off Dante DiVincenzo. They've got like a... Jordan Nawara, he actually, like, Jordan Nawara actually played a pretty good game today as well. Uh, but in terms of, like, reinforcements coming, it's like, okay, so Jordan Nawara is going to hit four, th- four threes. We'll be fine every game, right? Uh, don't know. You've got DeAndre Bambry, gnarly. The Sixers get James Harden. Like, that's pretty bloody good. They're pretty nicely set up now. They're third in the East. They're 35 and 23, and they're getting James Harden still. Not bad. You'll take it. Uh, so Embiid going absolutely ham today to beat one of the uh, main, main, main contenders in the East was awesome. 42, 14, and 5. Obviously, Luca, the 49, 5, and 8. That was amazing. He shot 17 of 35, 7 of 14 from downtown. 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Costs himself a 50-burger with a couple of missed free throws, which is pretty funny. And becomes the fourth player in NBA history with multiple 45.15 rebound, five assist games in a month. The first since Wilt Chamberlain in 1966. Jesus, Luca. And I want to give an honorable mention to Jimmy Butler. He plays 50-plus minutes. He goes for 15 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, two blocks, shoots five of 24, one of eight from three. But, Jimmy, that's not good. Yeah, the NBA Australia pre-performance of the night isn't exactly about always about who had the best, uh, you know, in numbers. 
Who's got the biggest balls? Sometimes it's just going to be Jimmy Butler, because you know that he does. That 0 of 7 from downtown in that game. All that mattered was that he hit the 1 of 8. Unreal. Who knows, the Duckman might have 50 by the time this Clippers game's over, but still. Luca, Embiid, Jimmy Butler, you love to see it. Who was Spud of the night, however? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. I already mentioned how Terry Rose, Terry Rogier was out there just getting in some cardio, throwing up the odd shot for Charlotte. Two of nine. It was wasn't great from Terry. One turnover, five points. In 36 minutes. Oof. Uh, but there's a classic, classic, classic. I mean, Kessler Edwards went 0 of 5 for the uh, Nets today, but he's a rookie. He did that in 18 minutes. We don't like to shit on the rookies here on NBA Australia. Tell you who uh, we do love shitting on, though. Oh, my God. It might be the Davis, the Davis Bertans. Memorial spot of the night. He's back, baby. He might just love symmetry. He played 17 minutes. So in honor of playing 17 minutes, he went 1 of 7 all of which were from three for the Mavs. you love to see it. Thanks for coming, Davis. Maybe you and Luca can hang out. That actually leads very nicely to Old Mate No Mates. 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 Pat Bev. Oh, I love him. I love that he's like at a Clippers game in a Clippers jersey. It's like, it's Pat Bev. He plays with the Wolves. He's a Clippers legend, Pat Bev. He's wearing the uh, Zubach Jersey, I love that. But anyway, um, feels like there's some old mate no mates. It's like, if you're another member of the Wolves, you'd sort of look at that and go, fucking Pat Bev. But I mean, are you really going to start a fight with Pat Bev? No. Uh, so Luka Doncic, talk about old mate no mates. He's your fucking mate. The giant Latvian, the extreme Zinger burger himself. The extreme Zinger meal. Uh, since Zinger got traded, Luka is averaging almost 42 points a game and he's hit 22 threes. That's both of which are first in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I think you might enjoy playing without the zinger. What do you reckon? <laughs> and obviously, the old mate no mates are the refs who absolutely fucking cooked that Heat Hornets game and that Lowry three-point call. Because there were reports like, well, they didn't review it. It's like, well, that's fucking weird, considering that every sort of vaguely contested three they do check. And apparently they looked at it like three... T- and then the report came out. It's like, no, they, ch- they viewed it three times and they didn't change. It's like, ah... Oh. So one of the refs just had money on this, did they? <laughs> Holy fuck. Because uh, obviously Hornets fans are like, well, we should win by a point. That's fucked. Oh, and Christian Wood's back out there for the clip. She'll love to see that. Uh, but that was just such an egregious, like his foot was very clearly like just inside the three-point line and he went up and shot the three. It went in and they were like, well, that's three points. Like, well, no, because his foot was not outside the three-point line. Anyway, so those refs... Look, obviously, the Hornets still had to hit a free throw from Montrez, and they would have won the game, but he missed it, whatever. But, yeah, they literally just got cost. Well, they were cost a point for no reason beyond incompetence by the refs, which is just classic. Panting of the night, however. David Duke absolutely demolished Daniel Gafford. Holy moly, in that Nets-Washington game. Uh, just sort of, you know, drove baseline, went up. Gafford sort of tried to recover, and Skadoosh got yammed on. Uh, my favorite, though, might have been George Niang, who is not a small man. Or no, it was Corkmaz. It was Corkmaz, who, again, isn't that small. Like, he's a pretty big dude. Uh, Giannis lifted up 
Corkmaz. While Corkmaz was holding the ball in a tie-up right at the end of the game that they uh, they eventually checked, they some for some fucking reason called a foul on Giannis. It's like, that's a jump ball. What are you doing? They review it. Yes, it's a jump ball. Boom, Milwaukee get the ball back. But the fact that he lifted up another human being, another grown-ass man, another professional basketball player who was like 6'7", who was holding the ball, Giannis clamped the ball and lifted the man up who was holding the ball at the same time. That is just such a fucking, like, breakdown of all that you stand for as a basketball player and as a man. That's such a pantsing. So I just got lifted up like I was a fucking toddler. Like, I do that with the squid all the time. He'll be holding on to some shit, I'll lift him up. He's like, this is fun. It's like, yeah, because you're not a grown-ass NBA player. (laughs) Holy fuck. Ah, Giannis, too strong. Uh, what do we got? Better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I mean, sure, Tyrese Maxey shot 4 of 13 today, but he had 19 points. I love that. 19 and 4. Tyrese Maxey's a legend. I love him. Uh, but this is also just a bit of an uh, honorary Josh Giddy rules moment. Because uh, Josh Giddy in February is averaging... Just a lazy 16.4 points, 7.9 assists, and 8.7 rebounds. Oh, yeah, not bad. What do you reckon this month might go down as a uh, great moment in NBA Australia stat history? Might also just go straight to the pool room. This is going straight to the pool room. Josh Giddy's February in 2022. Finally, dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. Ah, oh, James Harden, I love him. Absolutely love him. Nah, look, Philly was my first choice. Brooklyn was my first choice, he said literally a year ago. Uh, but it was actually asked about player empowerment yesterday. We can control our own destiny. I needed to be around guys I know I want to win and are willing to do whatever it takes to win. Is it really... <laughs> A, that's an amazing shot at Kyrie Irving. And B, this is literally what you did to get to Brooklyn out of Houston, having chosen your own teammates in Houston for years upon years upon years. And you went, nah, fuck it, I need to get out of here because there's these guys here that I chose that don't want to win. I'm going to go choose these guys. Nah, these guys don't want to do what it takes to win. I'm going to go join Philly. Make it happen. Okay. Okay, James. That's some dickhead vibes right there. We can control our own destiny. You are signing really large contracts with teams that basically say, I will play and, you know, it'll be for your team. I, I will provide a service playing basketball for your team and you will pay me a commensurate amount of money. Uh there's kind of like a bit of a tit for tat there, right? The controlling your own destiny, that's fine. But at the same time, you kind of don't. <laughs> like, unless you're a fucking free agent. That's such a dickhead. Oh, well, we control our own destiny. So contracts just mean nothing now. All right. Okay. Call me naive, but if I am contracted <laughs> to play basketball for somebody, I'd probably do that. We'll uh, hit on this in a second again in your Nas. Right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right. Let's do, let's do some year but they're brought to you by our mates over at Manscaped. That's right, exciting news from our mates over at Manscaped. They've got their fourth generation performance package now. That's right, the ultimate package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. God, it's good too. Uh, Manscaped are the leaders in male grooming. They've done it again as well to make your grooming game basically neck level, mate, neck level. And you can join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped already with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and you'll get free shipping with the code STRAYER. I'll tell you what, it's past Valentine's Day, but what you need to sort out is just your junk. Make every day Valentine's Day, you know? Surprise her. Surprise him. Everybody have a bit of a surprise. <laughs> Look after your undercarriage. That's all we need you to do. And you can do that with a performance package 4.0, and it's worth the wait, too. Because, like, you'll get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, you get the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. I'll tell you what, the travel bag is awesome, too. Uh, it's got the lawnmower, right, which is the advanced skin-safe technology. It's got a light. It might be the greatest ball trimmer ever. Look, prove me wrong. It's amazing. Uh, so you got that. You've got the air and hair trimmer, uh, the air and no, the ear and hair, nose hair trimmer. There you go. That's some good reading. The weed whacker, love that. It absolutely crushes. Uh, it'll sort out the weeds in your nose and ear. And you obviously you got the liquid formulations, the crop of preserver ball deodorant, and the ball toner. I'll tell you what, it's a great one. And of course, with the boxes and the uh, shed, you'll be laughing. So. Get 20% off from free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off from free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough the last couple of years. Just treat them with the best tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Yeah, Nas, number one. Is superstar movement bad? Woo! Boy, yeah, nah. Look, nah, because it drives interest in everything. Uh, it drives some sort of fun wrinkles throughout the NBA, and superstars going, right, this is not working out for me. Let's pack her up. I'll go somewhere else. On a sort of level, I think too much superstar movement is bad. I think some superstars moving around into better positions for them uh, for more winning probably drives more interest and creates more interest uh, than if they sort of stuck it out in shitty situations, right? I think the way that they move has got to be figured out better, though. So I think the way if you sign like a Supermax contract, I feel like there has to almost be like a sort of uh, maybe like a no-trade vibe from both sides, like the team and the player for like two years of the first two years of the contract or something maybe like that, where if you sign a dude to a Supermax contract and like going, well, we're going to, give you 250 odd million bucks i don't want you asking out in like fucking 18 months time you know that also is just going to seemingly shorten the vibe and it's like well after my two years are up i'm fucking out of here i'm gonna ask to get out so i don't know there has to be some sort of provision there don't you think like i think there's the way that we consume basketball has changed so much where it's like so star driven uh so personality driven uh so sp- you know, player specific that 
we're not exactly like you think about the difference in a kid who grew up like when I did, right? In the early nineties, going, I fucking love the Seattle Supersonics, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. Like when Sean Kemp got traded to Cleveland, it fucking broke my heart. Like holy shit, Cleveland! It's like my favorite player goes to Cleveland. If that happened now, I just go, well, now I'm a Cleveland fan. But I was always just Seattle, 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 Seattle. And like Gary Payton stayed, and he was fucking amazing. I love him as well. Now, it's like, oh, well, LeBron's gone from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to LA, and you're just a LeBron fan. Like, how many Cavs fans are out there sans LeBron? It's a tricky sort of thing, right? And you're looking at, see, like, the media retention on Miami right now that they're fucking good. They're top of the East, and you'd barely fucking know it because they don't have D-Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh. So, superstar movement is good for driving that sort of high-level crazy interest, but uh, at the same time, I think, what it does limit is some of the other superstars. Like, you'll see how Luca is just going to be completely feted forever and ever and ever in Dallas, similar to Dirk, because he's just maybe probably going to stay there for a chunk. Same with Trey Young. Same with Devin Booker in Phoenix. And, like, those sorts of dudes, whereas, like, 12 months of James Harden in Brooklyn, like, what do you get out of that? Nothing. KD in Brooklyn, like... Do you reckon there's, like, kids going, well, KD's my favorite net of all time. Do they know that Jason Kidd was a net kind of vibe? Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson? I don't know. So, essentially, this is the way basketball's going to go, but I think we just have to sort of find a better balance. You know? Anyway. Is DeMar DeRozan legit in the MVP convo? As per the top bit where uh, we had Shaq, Kenny, and Charles arguing about it all. Uh, yeah, nah, he is in the conversation, but the com- that conversation is who is behind Embiid and Joker, you know? Like, that's the conversation that DeMar's in, because at the moment it's Embiid, Joker, then for me, DeMar, Giannis, and Ja Morant. Those are the top five. It's unimpeachable in my view. Chris Paul's been very good, but not as good as Ja, Giannis, DeMar, Joker, and Embiid, etc. Steph was looking pretty good early, but as obviously sort of, uh, as soon as he hit that record-breaking three, it's sort of all, uh, the wheels have come off a little bit. But, yeah, Embiid, Joker, Demar, Giannis, and Jar. That's where we are at All-Star break. Top five. Done. And Brad McKeegan last night saying, if Joe Luola Kuhl is in an NBA radars, Adam Silver must have put a cap on Aussies in the league. Uh, that's going to lead me to another point in a second. So uh, I'll just say, yeah, nah, yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. So regarding Jason Tatum's All-NBA stuff, like I think it should have no possessions. Just like go 15 players. Or, as I said, you have to go, well, this is these are the three. I'm going to make the best team out of like the 15 best players. I'm going to come up with the three best teams. Who was the best point guard? Who was the best shooting guard? Who was the best small forward? Who was the best power forward? Who was the best center? Like, either have zero positions or go, like, where did you spend most of your time? Wings, so what? You go point guard, two wings, two bigs. Point guard, three wings, one big. You know? you got to make it more specific if you're going to tie it in with dudes getting paid. Or make it just the best 15 players, as voted on, whatever. I just think they should get rid of the incentives. For like, well, if he makes all NBA, you know, he makes, like, extra money on his contracts. Like... So it's a max, but it's now an extra, extra max. Okay, cool. For that to hinge on media votes, <laughs> it's just fucking on the nose. Like, have the incentives, but have them, like, actually performance-based, not something esoteric that's like, all NBA, he was a top 50 player, and he should be like that. It's like, all right, what are the metrics? What are the criteria? That's what we should be having, not just these sort of nebulous, well, he was voted by 
some members of the media to make it. It's like the Tatum, you know, outvoted Kyrie, but because Kyrie was playing a different position, he was on the All-NBA team and Tatum wasn't. It's fucking weird, you know? Anyway, finally, our back take house. It's Friday at our back. You know what that means? Ice cold 4 for 1 TGIF. Foster's oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's lager. That's right. It's Australian for horse piss. That's all it is. It's just horse piss in a can. And we feed it off to you yanks and call it Australian for beer. And it goes great with a flame grilled take. And today's flame grilled take is... McKeegan is completely correct. Adam Silver very clearly has a cap on the Aussies in the NBA because he doesn't want the NBL becoming too powerful and becoming a better pipeline to the NBA, which it very clearly is, than his much-beloved G-League bullshit Ignite team. That's why you saw Dante and Bangers and assorted other Aussies moved away from the NBA because suddenly you've got Gids coming in. You'll have Dyson Daniels coming in as well. Ergo, Adam Silver... Popped on that Aussie cap and went, that's it. We can't have more than seven. Fuck off. That'll 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 teach the NBL, he said. Only at Outback. To be honest, the Aussie cap, it did feel like we were on such a fucking awesome streak. This year we've got seven. Jingles is done for the season. Benny hasn't played all year. That's counting Aussie Matty T. Uh, this year, we, you know, we add Josh Giddy. We add Jock Landale. And, uh... We have Dyson Daniels next year. Who knows what could happen? I'm just saying, like, it does feel like the uh, NBL is really, really helping players sort of get used to the physicality of the NBA better than college or even the G League. I mean, holy shit, look at Giddy. Look at J- JLA. If Joe Luolukul doesn't make it into the NBA in the next like, couple of years, like, what the fuck, man? That's 100% the anti Australian bias. <laughs> Right, really quick uh, Australian player watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player watch. I mentioned Paddy Thrills with his 22 against Washington, 8 of 14 shooting, 5 of 7 from downtown. Bloody good game, but again... As soon as the Nets go away from Patty, guess what happens? They lose. Just saying. Uh, two rebounds, three assists, three steals and a block. He's having his greatest ever three-point shooting season and his best defensive season. It's Patty fucking thrills, mate. Uh, and this was his third highest scoring half so far this year as well. He had 19 on Christmas Day at the Lakers. He had 18 in the second half against Toronto back in December. And 17 in the first half today. Aussie Matty T in that win over the Bucks Again, a rough one for Matty T. Matty, look, Matisse Tybal. Just hit a three. You're killing me, mate. Oh, one today. And it was a triple. Zero points, one rebound, one assist, one block in 15 minutes. And uh, when the Sixers sort of went right, well, we just need to play more Corkmas. We need to play more Niang. That's what happened. Uh, Josh Green against the Pelicans. Got another start. Again, though, we've gone back-to-back Aussies with zero points in the game. It hurts my fucking heart. Josh Green, zero of two uh, from the floor, both of which were from downtown. He had three rebounds, two assists, and a block in his 25 minutes, but at least they're sort of getting him out there and, uh, you know, using his defense. So good shit, Josh Green. Uh, obviously, Josh Giddy though, on the weekend, will be in the rookie sophomore game. He'll be in the skills challenge. It's all going to be on. Can't wait. Paddy Mills is going to be in the three-point comp. Oh, mate, it's 
going to be unreal. Uh, let's do a Shane Hill shoot a shoot shoot your shot light him up award though to finish off the week. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. Oh, I'll tell you what. A couple of Shane Heal shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award winners. Duncan Robinson, I mentioned this earlier. Fastest to reach 700 threes, Duncan Robinson. That's right. Forever and ever and ever, when someone goes, hey, who in NBA history is the quickest to 700 threes? You'll be able to go, well, it was Duncan Robinson in only 216 games. Just think about that for a second. 216 games. It's like not even, what, three full seasons worth of games? <laughs> and he's made 702 threes. That is shooters shooting their shot and fucking lighting it up. Uh, but, of course, my favorite one from today is DeMar Rosen. So, so far this year, he's made 259 shots from the mid-range. That's 103 more than the next player. 259, that's 103 more than the next one, which is Devin Booker at 156. DeMar is the first player to make 100-plus more mid-range shots than any other player at the All-Star break since MJ in 1996-1997. Not bloody bad. All right, the Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This is just checking in on Jingles again. Uh, Enjoyed this one. Jingles tweeted out a uh, Peanuts cartoon. Did you know that water is the most essential element of life? Uh, yes, because without water, you can't make coffee. I think that's Schroeder, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Morgan Saxon tweeted that at Joey, and Joey pointed down, 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 coffee, coffee. But he's, uh, my favorite one today was uh, Joey was tweeting out, getting the kids outside at 8.30 a.m. is a beautiful thing. Sunshine emoji, palm tree emoji, flower emoji, other tree emoji. Where do you reckon he is? I told you. I reckon it's Mexico or the Bahamas. Something like that. He's going to love it. Good shit. All right. Let's do the game previews and picks. And when I say game previews, all-star preview. Banana. Woo! All-star preview. All-star preview. Thanks, inadvertent bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Good, mate. Just about to uh, jump the car, fang down the beach, hang out there for the weekend. Might even do the All-Star game wrap from down there. I haven't decided. Uh, so, so far, the Clippers are up 22. So I'm going to just mark that down as a win at this point. But uh, if it changes, I'll uh, check that on the week. Uh, on Monday. So we've gone 2 of 5 today on the picks, I think. Because I actually had money on... Um, <laughs> for some reason, I put, picked Brooklyn yesterday and put money on Washington this morning. Uh, so I won the money, uh, lost the pick. And same thing happened with Dallas. So <laughs> I missed these two picks. Uh, out of nowhere, but actually won money on them, so I'll take it. Uh, so we've gone two of five on today's picks, apparently. So if that changes on the uh, over the weekend, we'll change it on a Monday show. So two of five leaves us at 498 of 862. Not bloody bad. Right. All-Star Weekend Preview. You ready? Excited? The rookie sophomore game tomorrow. You've got the weird four-team setup, right? You've got the semifinals... Between the two games, the target score of 50, and then the other game gets played to 25. So a total of 75 points for the winning team to celebrate hashtag NBA 75. Could it be more fucking convoluted? Anyway, uh, but the winners from the two semis meet in the final. Off you go. The four teams are coached by Rick Barry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, and James Worthy. Uh, team Rick Barry is Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, Franz Wagner, hello, Jay Sean Tate. 
Isaac Okoro, Shingun, and Aussie, Dyson Daniels. Absolutely love that team. Gary Payton has Lamello, Scotty Barnes, Jaden McDaniels, Ayo, Dasunmu, Kumbucket, Jonathan Kaminga, who's a replacement, Bones Highland, and Scoot Henderson, who everyone's a bit excited about. Team Isaiah Thomas, it's got Ant-Man, Big Deke Bay, Desmond Bain, Big Beef Stew, Halliburton, Precious Achua, and uh, Jaden Hardy. That's a pretty interesting one. That's a bit of size in that one. And then uh, Team James Worthy, he's got Ask Cole Anthony. He's got Josh Giddy. Let's go. James Worthy, big game James with Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Herb. Uh, Herb Jones, Maxi, and Marjon Beauchamp. So I think my pick for this one is... Uh, I reckon Team Rick Barry's just probably got the best balance. Like, they've got Cade, they've got Mobley, they've got Franz, they've got size, they've got shooting, and they've got playmaking. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has got Ant-Man, who might be the best player here, and Lamello is the actual all-star already. So, it's a really good mix. I like Team Worthy, because like Cole Anthony, Giddy, the two Jalens, it might be too small, though, I think, that one. So, I think I might go Team Rick Barry. They do have the Aussie, Dyson Daniels, so let's fucking go. Rick Barry. Noted D-bag, but whatever. Uh, and the clutch challenge is in between that. It's a shooting competition taking place between games two and three of the uh, Rising Stars game. So you're going to make shots from five locations on the court that are iconic shots in NBA history. The four teams, you've got Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton, Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxey, Gideon Mobley, and uh, G League Ignite Michael Foster Jr. and Fangbo Zhang uh, from the G League Ignite as well. So... That's going to be interesting. The skills challenge, though, Saturday night. So Sunday morning. Can't wait for this. The skills challenge. You've got rookies versus the Cavs versus the Antetokounmpo's. How good is this? This is such a great way of doing the skills challenge. Like, the fact that it's the Cavs is a bit on the nose. It's like, oh, well, it's in Cleveland. Get it? So Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland? Are you seriously? It's Cleveland. Cleveland. And uh, the rookies, though, I like that. I like that you got Antetokounmpo's. The thing is, I like the rookies a lot. They've got Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. That's a team that can do everything. Get a team that can do everything for you. Because Team Cavs, like Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, it's a pretty good team for a skills challenge, but I still like the rooks. And Antetokounmpo has obviously got Giannis, Alex, and Thanasis. Uh, I've got Team Rooks. They can just do it. They can do it all. Three-point competition on Sunday. Can't wait for this. CJ McCollum, Trey Young. Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, Desmond Brown, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Vliet, the Fighting Van Vliet's, the Duckman, Luke Kennard, and of course, for the first time ever in Aussie, non-fuckheaded Kyrie division, Paddy Thrills Mills. And my tip for this is, so Paddy had been in a shooting slump up until today. Boom, goes off. I'm tipping Paddy over Fred Van Vliet and Trey Young. Uh, give me some Paddy Thrills to be our first ever three-point entrant and champion. Let's bloody go, Patty Mills. Uh, I just think, look, in terms of, like, speed and, like, maybe purity, like, he can get hotter than just about all of the other guys as well, right? Like, Kennard is obviously on a heater today. Uh, The Clippers are up 20 still in the third quarter. Van Vliet's going to be good, but I like Van Vliet and Trey to get through with Patty. It's just going to be about speed. Carl Anthony Towns probably won't get there. Uh, CJ could be a bit of a sneaky one. Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, I don't know about that with his knee. Bane as well, obviously good. It's a great field, basically, but I'd just tip Patty to win it. The dunk comp, we've got Cole Anthony, which is weird. Uh, JTA, Juan Toscano Anderson. There's only Juan Toscano Anderson. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin from your New York Knickerbockers of New York City. And Jalen Green 
So Green has some pretty sick in-game dunks. He's got a lot of pop. So I think the final is going to be Obi Toppin and Jalen Green. I think Obi Toppin just... He is probably the most pure... I've actually got awesome dunking ideas dunker in this one. So I think Obi Toppin is going to win that. Uh, so give me some Obi Toppin. And then in the All-Star game itself, I've already picked Team LeBron. They're six and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm going Team LeBron. My MVP will be Ja Morant. Uh, he's paying eight fifty at the moment for MVP. I will take that in a fucking heartbeat. The over is set at 319.5 points. Last year was 320. Uh, I believe the over-under for last year's game was pretty low, so they've uh, very clearly just looked at last year's and gone, huh, I think I'd probably go the under. 171.50, that really also came with, I think, a massive burst of scoring in the second or th- yeah the second quarter. Because remember, the scoring in the last quarter is going to be limited because it's, what, the first to 24 beyond uh, what the... It's basically 24 beyond what the top team has already scored. So with that weird finish, it kind of caps the scoring in the last quarter. So I might go with the under. So even though 171.50 won it last year and the fourth quarter actually was like 25-24, I just think the under might be a little bit better this time. Yeah. And you've also got a weird bunch of old dudes and young dudes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be competitive, I reckon. So, But I like team LeBron a lot better because... You just think about their starters, and you're like, oh, God, LeBron, Giannis, Steph, DeMar, Yoka, Luca, Garland, CP3, Butts, Donnie Mitchell, Fred Van Vliet, Jared Allen. Like, Durant has got Embiid. He's got Jar. He's got Tatum and Trey and Wiggins. He's got Booker, Cat, Levine, DeJunte, Midi, Lamello, and Rudy. I just like Team LeBron way more. So there you go. And uh, let's just check to see if they've got any odds yet for some of the All-Star stuff. Uh doesn't look extra. Here we go. Slam dunk competition. Obi Dobbin, $3.25. That's mine in a heartbeat. Three-point comp. Patty Mills, 5-1. to one. Beauty. Oh, shit. I picked three of the... F- fucking health. Fred Van Vliet, Patty Mills, and Trey Young. $5, $5, $5.50. Rising Stars contest. Team Barry's, $3.60. That's mine. And the Skills Challenge contest winners. The Team Rookies are the favorites. I love that. $1.65. So that's where all my money is going. And we will be back on Monday to wrap it all up for you. How good is that going to be? Uh, we might even do a bit of live streaming during Patty Mills' uh, three-point stuff, so keep an eye on the facey and Twitter and stuff for mentions of that. Should be great fun. I fucking love All-Star. And then, uh, so, programming alert. We'll wrap up our All-Star game on Monday, uh, and then we'll take a couple of days off, and we'll be back when games kick back in on Friday. That'd be nice, won't it? Got to recharge the batteries a bit, mate. <laughs> all right. So in the meantime, though, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, Facey, IGs, all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz talking about the Super Bowl. NFL Australia was a, uh, I don't know, Gaz half forgot to plug in his fucking microphone, which is pretty funny, but uh, it's a good episode talking all things soupy. Uh, World Wrestling Australia with Adam. Go check that out on YouTube. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. Thank you to the uh, orders that have come in with funny messages about the bloke who didn't want to pay for shipping. <laughs> Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Uh, just do it now. Come on, help us out. Manscaped.com. You heard that earlier. Use the code STRAYER. Get 20% off free shipping with the code STRAYER at Manscaped.com. Look after your junk. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code STRAYER. Get uh, a free six-pack. If you're in Melbourne, over 18, drink responsibly. TheDailyLicker.com. Banging that code STRAYER. Knowable, download that from the App Store and uh, banging that code straight, get 20% off getting smarter. All right, from Oslo, big thanks to them for the intro and outro song. And of course, always, Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. 
all the tunes you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, however you uh, keep up to date and listen to your tunes, do that. NBA Australia Sports Australian Band, so should you. Can't wait to go see some bands. And uh, we'll close out today's show, this week's show, with a classic cooking with Bainesy. Because I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Get down the beach. All right. We'll speak to you on Monday, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, Patty Mills for three. Later, Hosen. Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, g'day. Oh, g'day. Oh, look at yourself. Yes, g'day, Cheryl. I always see you down the front. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Set. Yeah, settle down. Thanks very much. Yes. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And uh, look, on this here episode, we are going to whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favorites. It's going to blow your mind. You can have it whenever. It's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainesy. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week, eh? Easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you got to do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies, which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, it's bloody simple. Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up, your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin, sit back, hang out. Once they're done, grab them out, load them up with a bit of tomato sauce, and Bob's your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers are like bloody molten lava, eh? So grab yourself another tin. uh, Wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava. Then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh, there you go. Look look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around, party pies. 
Misses with some of her mates, party pies. Kids' birthday, party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out on the Terps, party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right, look, I'm just going to munch in this. I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right, so get into the party pies. And that's it for this week. How easy. All right, tune in next week for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsies.